the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is war ever justified? You know, that has been an argument that has plagued mankind for centuries. Many will say yes, many will say no, and we'll look at specific wars and point our fingers and say see to prove our case. Well, today, here on Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand will take us back to Esther, chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. Our message is called, In Honor of a Just War, God is Our Defense. And indeed, throughout Scripture, we see a just war for the purpose of righteous judgment against unrighteousness, for purification purposes. Please join us as we continue our look at Esther, chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. God has decreed that those of you who are His, who live in this broken world that is temporarily under the assignment of the wicked one, the devil, to wreak havoc, create confusion, disrupt lives, trouble you, God has decreed that he will test you from time to time. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You don't live in glory yet. You live in a realm where he can come through the back door. He can come through the window. He can come through the garage. And if you're dumb enough, like we're going to learn with Eve, he can come through the front door and sell you the vacuum cleaner that God had already given you. You have to be vigilant. You have to know that the devil has always sought to, to penetrate into and breach all of God's people all the time in the scriptures. This is so very true. You guys understand that? You know what God has done to preserve his people from the beginning of time up to now? He has put the fear of his people in the hearts of those that are around him. Mm. 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 It's not automatic. It's not just yours by privilege of position. It's yours as a consequence of obedience to Christ. You don't automatically have people reverencing you. You don't automatically have people holding you in high esteem. You don't automatically have people respecting you where you are not walking respectably, where you are not honoring God properly, where the banner of the true and the living God is not lifted high on your part. And when people look at your banner and then they look at you, they don't see hypocrisy. Can I preach this now? Right, because this is so important for you to get. Israel knows that the only way they're going to they're going to subdue all these people that are ready to destroy them is for God to have approved of them. The fear of the people 
of Israel, of the Jews, came upon all the land. Now, isn't that what God said when the Israelites were working through the wilderness? He says, I will put your fear upon the nations. Remember what Sister, uh, 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 not Ruth, but Sister um, Rahab said? Remember her? Remember what she says? The fear of the Jews have come to us long ago. We know we don't have a chance. Wouldn't that be amazing for you as a child of God to know that you have the kind of reverence and respect of people just because of your consecration and your commitment to and your communion with the true and the living God? You don't have to open your mouth and defend yourself. You don't have to puff up at people. You don't have to threaten people. All you have to do is walk with God, and people will respect you for walking with God. Are you hearing me? This is what I'm saying. But your respect and reverence that is derived from your walk with Christ is really Christ's fear in you working for you against your enemy. Am I making some sense? The next verse affirms that. Look at the next verse. Verse 3. Here it is. 9.3 tells us, and all the rulers of the province and the lieutenants, do you see it? And the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews. Now, I don't know if y'all read that, but just stay with me for a minute because I'm going to let you go here in a second. I just want you to see how when you have humbled yourself like we did back in Ezra chapter 3, when you have come to the place of submitting to the Word of God and it has broken your heart because you have broken God's law and God has granted mercy to you as we did in Nehemiah chapter 8. When it comes to the warfare, you and I got to fight every day of our lives because our worship is right and our posture is right. Watch this now. The fear of Mordecai becomes your fear. In other words, when a man's ways please the Lord, do you know what he's going to have? All of the magistrates, all of the institutions, all of the surrounding powers working in your behalf. Will you hear me? The day before this, the Jews are wondering how this thing going to work out. Because we are up on the day. They've had to deal with the rumor now for 12 months. They don't know anything about what God has been doing behind the scenes in exalting Mordecai and bringing all of the authorities and powers of the whole nation under Mordecai. Is this a major chess move or what? Do you know God's going to keep his people? He's going to preserve his elect. He's going to save those for whom Christ died. Is he not? And now we are beginning to see the exaltation of Mordecai. The powers of the whole of the Persian kingdom are coming to the help of the Jews because of Mordecai. All power and all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. See, but you don't believe that. You don't believe that. You don't believe that there's a God man sitting on the throne ruling over everything for the glory of his father and the good of his people, because if we did, we would walk so close to him that we could go everywhere preaching the gospel and see God bless it. Am I making some sense? It's really true. This is really true. This is really true. See, you and I don't see the police officer as God's police officer. No, don't, don't lie. Don't lie. You're in church today. Don't lie. When, you, when that police officer drives by your car, the last thing you go is, oh, there goes God's servant. No, you go, that enemy of the devil, that servant of Haman. That's what you say. Let me make a left. Let me make a right and get away from him. Don't you know you're running from God's servant? I don't like President Trump. Trump is God's servant. 
I don't like my congressman. They're God's congressman. Child of God, when are you going to start thinking biblically? When are you going to start thinking like God thinks? Don't you know your Savior has all authority, all power, all dominion, all control? Once have I heard, twice has it been spoken, God possesses all power. And when it begins to manifest itself as it's doing to the Jews, you see how they are emboldened now to fight? They say, whoa, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. You see how the theme runs through the Bible consistently? You see how faith is now manifesting to the people of God on this day, the resources that are on their side? And don't we need to see the resources when it's time to fight the battle? Because listen, we, we don't have any confidence to fight the battle when we can't see God with us. But ladies and gentlemen, is God manifesting himself presently among the Jews? Is this not Emmanuel among them? Represented in Mordecai and his authority and his power and dominion? We already saw him previewed as lifted up in chapter 5, didn't we? That's a type of him coming the first time. It's a real clear picture of, of his exaltation now and rule over everything from glory. Look at it in verse 3 now. And all the rulers and the province and the lieutenants and the deputies of the officers and the kings helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. Here it is. Here's a really glorious gospel statement. For Mordecai was great in the king's house. Is he not? And his fame went out throughout all the province. For this man, Mordecai, waxed greater and greater and greater and greater. Do you see it? Do you see it? Now, let me ask the question as we move on to our final point for today. Is Christ great to you? And has he become greater to you over the years? Do you see him as possessing authority more and more, more fully, more thoroughly, more completely, more accomplished? That's what the gospel is designed to do, to bring you into a deeper confidence of who he is and therefore who you are in him. This is why we need him. That's what is meant in John chapter 15 around verse 5 and 6. For without me, you can do nothing. The Jews could not have subdued their foes without Mordecai being in position, possessing power and having help. You need him, and I need him too. Now let's move on to the center of my basic proposition of a just war, and we'll close it down here. Um, that's point number three. Dealing justly with the evil seed. Now, see, again, I meant, I'm going to be honest with you, I meant to tell my elder, when you get to these verses, Verse 6 through verse 9, just jump over them, brother. Because, see, in us, us in the hood, I didn't already told you, we work with two syllables at the most. If you got a five-syllable name, we're going to call you Shushi. We're not going to go Shushi Shahatata. It's going to be Shushi. We're going to call you Susie. All right? We're not going to spend time trying to collaborate the syllables because we're too busy for that, right? You're going to get hyphenated names. I was praying for my brother because he was struggling through. He did good for a while, and then he started tilting to the left. I said, I should have told him, should have told him, should have told him. You know, he's not gifted to speak in tongues, so he's he trying to speak in tongues. And I'm not quoting these names now because my, my time is about up. And I'm just going to tell you the sum total of the ten sons of Haman were killed. 
the sum total of the ten sons of Haman were killed. Dealing with the seed. Will you notice what it said in verse 12 through 14? Because this is a request. After the king in his steadfast and unchanging and covenant loyal love to Esther, the king says in verse 12, And the king said to Esther the queen, The Jews have slain and destroyed 500 men in Shushan the palace. And the ten sons of Haman, what have they done in the rest of the king's province? Now what is your petition? And it shall be granted to you. Or what is your request further? And it shall be done. Mark it. Still loving on this girl. Still loving on this girl. Still loving on it. Does that boy love his girl or what? He's ready to slay nations for her. Isn't that what God did for us? Isn't that what he says in the book of Isaiah? I have given nations for you, people for your life. Is that true? God will destroy this world for his people. Whoa. Love is crueler than the grave. Isn't that right? Jealousy like wrath. When you are the object of the love of him who is a consuming fire. Right? Do you see it going on? He's saying, girl, whatever you want. And see, you know, I can get a little bit uh, anthropomorphic here. I mean, you know, this brother loves blood too. You know, he's a warrior. So he's enjoying the battle. Especially when his team is winning. What else you want, girl? What else you want? The next principle. This is really important. The next principle. Here's what she says. Verse 13. Then said Esther, if it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow also according unto this day's decree. Are you ready? And let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. Now keep your feet on the ground. Because I told you that what we're looking at is a just war. We're not looking at an unbridled, bloodthirsty people who are simply executing vengeance. Now, I know, I know we live in a politically sort of uh, incorrect society where we don't like war at all. But I told you at the opening of the message, the only way you can live in this world is to wage war. You're going to fight somebody because you're going to have some enemies, even if they are the enemies of your own mind. See, in reality, can I talk about that for a moment before I shut it down? Right. The Bible is teaching you and I that the battle that we fight is spiritual against principalities and powers in high places, rulers and authorities that hate the true and the living God. But the battle also is a battle of thoughts, of imaginations, of ideas, of principles, of propaganda. So 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that your job and mine is to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of the truth outside of you and in you. That means you and I have to hack up, watch this now, Haman's daddy, Agag, in the same way that Samuel did because the flesh is not decreed to rule over the spirit. How many of you guys got that? How many of you guys got that? The flesh is not decreed to rule over the spirit. Your job is to subdue the flesh by the truth of the gospel in your own soul, believing who you are in Christ and what Christ has promised you. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. That is the overcoming decree that subdues the first decree. You see what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, for what the law could not do, being weak in the flesh, God did in sending his only begotten son in the world to condemn sin in the flesh 
so that you and I might walk according to the righteousness of the law. Is that true? So what are we talking about today? We're talking about Mordecai's exaltation is the crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, ruling, reigning Christ that gives us power to overcome our enemies. Our enemies are not flesh and blood. Our enemies are thoughts. Our enemies are ideas. Our enemies are carnal principles that wage war against our own nature. The biggest battle you and I fight are the battles nearest to us. Forget thinking that your greatest battle is the person next to you. That's wrong. My greatest battle is bringing into captivity every crazy thought I have against the knowledge of God. That's my biggest battle. And every unbiblical thought in my mind is Haman and his ten sons. Let me show you what my sister did, because she wasn't joking. She says, now we didn't tow up a bunch of people on day one. But just in case a bunch of them are hiding out to day two, we're going to give them something to think about. Give them something to talk about. We're going to take the ten boys that we've already killed. They did. And we're going to hang them up on the gallows. According to the law in Deuteronomy chapter 21, when you subdue your foes and you, you destroy them, hang them up high in the day so that the sun can shine down on them and all your enemies can see, oh, you want to come after us? This is what you get if you come after us. In other words, she's preaching the gospel to all her foes that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That whoever wants to identify with the Hamanites, here is the consequence. Death and the very cross that our Savior hangs on teach these two principles. Do they not? How that sin was defeated in Jesus Christ on the cross. And Haman was defeated and Haman's ten sons are defeated and you and I need them to be defeated, don't we? Didn't David understand this when he went against his enemy Goliath? That brother went down to the riverbank, and he got him five smooth stones. Remember that? Can I help you with that briefly? He made sure the stones were smooth so that when he slung them, they didn't turn out of the way. Because cricket stones, unedged stones, when you sling them out, will twist and create, create a vortex that will cause them to angle out. God calls that a wicked arrow. Wicked arrows are arrows that don't shoot straight deceitful bowls. David had a sling that when he aimed it at his target, it went straight at his target. Smooth stones. And each of those stones pointed to Jesus Christ, who is for us the rock of ages. He is for us the stone, the foundation stone upon which our salvation is established. But why did that brother pick up five stones? Because Goliath had four other brothers. Did y'all get that? Because he had four other brothers. And once you take care of the head, you got to kill the seed too. Because one of them would rise up and start this war all over again. Sister Esther, not joking. Can I tell you why she's not joking as I get ready to close? She knows that the end game for the war that she's in and the war that you're in, the end game is what God had decreed in the beginning of time. So remember I told you that when they were gathered together, they gathered together in the work of the laying of the foundation stone in Ezra chapter 3, 1. 
in order that the temple might be built. That stone is Jesus. And then once the temple was built, built, they were gathered together in the 10th chapter to weep over their sins. So the work of the cross, the weeping over their sin, and then the third one is where we are in the 10th chapter. It's what? Warfare. We're in a warfare. The body of Christ is in a warfare. Are you guys hearing me? We're in a warfare. And the reason that Esther and her people did not take the spoil is because this was a holy war. And they knew that they were winning because of God. And they don't get to plunder the goods as if they won that war. The thing that they wanted was not the material goods of the carnal people. And what you and I do not want are the material goods of this world system. We don't want to prove that God blesses us because we have a large house or have a bunch of money or rule over carnal people. We want to prove that God blesses us because we're in Christ because we know God through Christ, because we've been born again through Christ. And by his, say with me now, say with me now. So we would be more than willing to give up all this world's goods in order to have the spoil that Christ won for us on Calvary's tree, of which Isaiah says he will divide the spoil with the great, the mighty, and the strong because of his victory on that tree 2,000 years ago. We got spoil coming. Do you understand me? We got spoil coming. Spoil and riches that you could never even imagine or articulate. I'm waiting for those. Are you waiting for those? We got spoils coming. But in the meanwhile, you got to fight. And be fighting is taking place because you're headed somewhere. Here's the word that I want to leave with you, and I'm going to pick it up next week. Are you ready? There's a day coming, and it's in our text. And we're going to learn it in the term Purim next week. Purim. There's a day coming. You know what that day is called? A day of gladness, rejoicing, one more word, and rest. 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 See, God has promised his people rest from the garden. And I'm going to talk about that next week because I want you to understand rest means he is with you. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. He's leading you. He's advancing you. He's recovering you. He's restoring you. You understand that? Rest is where we're going. There's a Sabbath for the people of God. There's an eternal rest for the people of God. In that rest, no enemies. In that rest, no foes. In that rest, no wars. No rumors of wars. In that rest, no calamity, no judgment, no evil, no sin, no curse, only glory. In that rest. In that rest. In that rest. And we get the token of that rest now. How many of you know it? Raise your hand if you know that rest. Hallelujah. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will rest you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you will find rest, 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 rest for your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, time permits us to go no further. You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, If you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5 or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you would like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.